Hi, I'm Steve Mabb, Chair of the Australian Shareholders Association, and we're proud to be hosting the 2024 Investor Conference in Melbourne from the 19th to the 21st of May. And we're stoked that Phil, the host of this podcast, is going to be our special guest MC. If you haven't heard much about the ASA Conference, it's a flagship event that attracts around 300 investors and industry professionals, including the Chair of National Australia Bank this year, the Chair of AGL. We have Dr. Sam Hupert, the founder and CEO of Primedicus, and we've also got Richard White, the founder and CEO of WiseTech coming along, along with many others. For a limited time, new members can enjoy special pricing on registration for the upcoming conference, along with a complimentary 12-month digital membership with the ASA. That's two-day conference registration plus one-year ASA membership for $499, a saving of $150. Simply search for Australian Shareholders Conference Register, click on two-day conference non-member, enter the discount code MEM, as in member, 499, the number's 499, so that's MEM 499 to claim your special offer. Come along and meet me and Phil at the conference. We look forward to seeing you there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shares for Beginners. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Shares for beginners. Phil Muscatello and FinPods are authorized reps of Money Sherpa. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal situation. The key thing that we look to is long-term hurdles that an executive, a CEO, should be rewarded over four years. And we do see with some companies a shorter term to that, but it should be able to be clawed back. So if there's misconduct or certain behaviours that get found out later, that level of remuneration should be able to be taken back. So it's really around financial performance, but you want to have the right cultural behaviours embedded into an organisation and that comes from the top, that comes from the CEO and the board. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. We're right smack bang in the middle of AGM season, which means that the Australian Shareholders Association is shirt fronting the boards of nearly 200 of Australia's largest listed companies on behalf of small retail shareholders. Joining me today is Rachel Waterhouse. G'day Rachel. Hi Phil. Rachel Waterhouse is the CEO of the Australian Shareholders Association. We're catching up about a couple of upcoming AGMs. And I just want to point out that we're recording on Friday, October 20. This episode will be live on Wednesday, October 25. So hopefully there won't be too many more surprises or challenges. How are the challenges going at the moment? Yeah, <laughs> you were just well, saying off they're a bit tired, I can imagine. <laughs> I think a lot of our volunteers are as well. We, I think we've attended about 30 AGMs, but we do get to a point where there's 30 a week. It's like an yeah. army of volunteers working together closely and they're all retail shareholders assessing companies, their performance, and thinking through 
how us as retail shareholders should vote. Yeah, and these are all expressed in terms of voting intentions, aren't they? I mean, we're basing this interview on the, let's just call them VIs from now on, the VIs for the Endeavour Group and for Qantas, which I'm looking forward to talking about. So these VIs are put together by the association to address the issues that are of interest to the association. Is that the case? Yeah, they are. So we do monitor about 200 ASX companies over the entire year and a group of volunteers are assessing companies and putting these voting intentions, and we'll say yes, VIs, together, and they do appear on our website under upcoming AGMs. So anyone can come onto the website. If you're invested in a company and you know there's an AGM coming up, you can have a look at the voting intentions and you can also give the Australian Shareholders Association your proxy because together we're really powerful. If retail shareholders give their proxy slash their vote to the Australian Shareholders Association, we can represent all retail shareholders. So it's very important to do that. And I also recommend that everyone attend AGMs as much as possible too. Because they're really instructional, aren't they? They're really educational in terms of finding out what the company is actually doing. It's a shortcut for people to actually understand the people behind the business and what they're actually doing and the strategies and the long-term focus, isn't it? Yeah, so you can hear about their strategy, their performance directly from them. Obviously, you've got the annual report beforehand. You can ask questions, but sometimes even if you don't feel comfortable asking the question, you'll hear your Australian Shareholders Association representative ask good questions and also other retail shareholders stand up. I was at an AGM just yesterday and the questions that were being asked were really good questions coming from the floor and the board seemed to be really listening to the shareholders, which is what we want to see. So the blog post of this episode, I'll put a link so that uh, listeners can download the, the voting intentions, the VIs, about the two companies that we're talking about. So let's get into it. Now, we're going to have a look at the Endeavour Group, which is ASX Code EDV. And it's the largest retail drinks business in Australia and the largest portfolio of licensed hotels with 1,701 stores, 354 hotels, over 12,700 gaming machines and a growing portfolio of wineries. The size, and and I'm quoting here, this is from the VIs of the association, the size and scale of this business gives them an edge but also creates challenges and responsibilities. And their AGM is Tuesday the 31st of October. So responsible service of gambling and alcohol would seem to be pivotal to Endeavour's operations. Yes, yes it is. So it's an interesting business and it has been performing quite well and it's its second year of performance. Although if you do look at the share price, the share price has fallen as at this point this year about 15%. Yeah, it's a terrible uh, performance of the share price, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's disappointing for shareholders and, and that may be where some of the queries around the governance and around who should be on the board are are coming from. But they seem to be taking steps in the right direction in terms of the responsible service of gambling and alcohol because they really, I mean, if if their business is about drinking and gambling and we know what the downside of both of those can be, they've really got to take that seriously. And I just wanted to point out that one of their initiatives is the establishment of the Darwin Community Advisory Committee in FY22, which has helped develop a partnership with the Larrakia Nation, providing cultural engagement and patrols of stores and hopefully a positive change for Darwin. Yeah, as far as looking at the annual report and what they have done, we have commented around the ESG side, that's the environmental, social and governance, how they're making the right steps forward. 
and engaging with the community around challenges is really important, especially when you're running an organisation that has gambling and alcohol within it. So we do see that the steps they're making forward here are great. Do members come to you with positions on this business? As far as I would probably say generally uh, members do come to us and also non-members come to us with their thoughts on company performance. And I can't say though that I have had a lot of members come to us about Endeavour, but as we move on to talk about Qantas, we definitely have a lot of members that have come to us about Qantas. So that's really important. So always say to our members to engage with us because we're representing retail shareholders and how we do that is about listening and also our volunteers listening to their colleagues. Tell us about the death of an employee in Darwin. And this is one of the issues that's being brought up by the association and about the CEO and the MD of BWS and another senior executive who have volunteered a reduction of 5% of their final short-term incentive, which is their pay basically, or on top of their pay, in deference to the death. ASA doesn't feel that this is commensurate with the seriousness of that death. Yeah, it's a very sad situation of a staff member that was attacked and and passed away following that. Uh, we do feel that the 5% is not enough for the situation and there has been an independent review and it's currently going through the courts. So there's, there's some, some questions around process there and how staff are kept secure and safe in their roles. But there were protocols which weren't followed, is that the case? There were protocols that may not have been followed. It is going through a court case as far as the the person that was responsible for it, but that's the situation and, you know, that is the concern for us is our processes that are in place being followed and how do they ensure that all of their employees are, are safe. And there's been a lot of board disagreement about the extra board seat. And this is about the election of William Wavish. Is that how you pronounce it? Wavish? Wavish? Um, I I believe so, yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of those. (laughs) And why the ASA doesn't support the election of him to the board? Yeah, um, we do feel that one of the major shareholders already effectively has a seat, which is in line with the, the company policy around board representation. And William Wavish has not gone through the process that Endeavour had in place to find new directors. So there's a few different reasons for why we don't support him, but we will be voting against his nomination. And at this point, I just wanted to talk about proxy advice firms, because I saw an article in The Australian today, and the association seems to be lumped in with all of the proxy advice firms. What are proxy advisors? Yeah, proxy advisors. We do see ourselves as different, but we often do get lumped in as far yeah, as I thought, the media. Yeah, I thought that. I thought there was that lumping in going, and then, well, you're not really a proxy advice firm because they've they're, they're got quite a different charter, don't they? Yeah, definitely. So a proxy advisor would often look, they're looking at companies in a similar way to us, and they have guidelines as well of how they end up voting, but they're providing a service to institutional clients, sometimes it's superannuation funds to help them make a decision. And those companies that are invested make a decision based on the advice. They don't always go with it, but it's some information to support them with their decision making. We are quite different because we're providing 
voting intentions for retail shareholders. So people that have got small shareholdings, some people have large shareholdings, but they're put together by other retail shareholders. So retail shareholders helping other retail shareholders. We're an association. We're a not-for-profit that's been around since the 1960s and we're protecting retail shareholders. So very different, but we do get clumped in together. Okay, let's get on to Qantas. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. So I'm just going to give you a couple of quotes. Now, the VIs from the ASA, this is a quote directly. Qantas has seemingly risen from the pandemic year like a phoenix, at least from a financial point of view. But over the past year, the flying kangaroo has been hit with a torrent of criticism over a series of matters such as letting customers down, lost bags, cancellations, blockage of Qatar's access to landing rights, ACCC's allegations, and overly clunky frequent flyer redemption system. (laughs) Plenty to talk about there and I just noticed that there were Qantas this morning issued a statement which begins we know this AGM will be an important opportunity for shareholders to express their frustration with past events <laughs> bit of an yeah. understatement isn't it yeah although it is good to see them recognizing it because it has taken a while to be able to take accountability and recognize how shareholders are feeling it's not just shareholders, it's consumers as well. And it's the public sentiment around that long list of things that have happened over a period of time. So it's going to be an interesting AGM. It's on the 3rd of November. And we were talking about proxies and giving your proxy before. We would recommend that anyone listening that has Qantas shares does provide their proxy to the Australian Shareholders Association. It did take the chair a while to actually decide to step down or announce his resignation, but it's a long resignation of about a year. That's Richard Goiter, isn't it? Yeah. So Richard Mm. Goiter took a while, did talk about the support that he had of shareholders at the time. And, you know, we weren't hearing that from retail shareholders. There was no one communicating with us that said that, you know, they had the support and they wanted the chair to stay. It was more around board renewal being required and accountability for that long list as far as, you know, illegally sacking baggage handlers, allegedly selling cancelled flights. So a long list of of things of concern and and fines and compensation that will need to be paid. And and the other thing is that assets as far as the the planes themselves are, are ageing and there hasn't been a lot of investment put into them. And so a lot of this has also led to the early departure of Alan Joyce as well, hasn't it? Yes, it has. So we were pretty disappointed to see that he was able to sell 90% of his shares the day before the ACCC announced they were taking high court action about allegedly selling cancelled flights. And, And really then the question is, what did the board know? We assume that the board knew and it was a risk and why was he allowed to effectively get that cash and that's not good governance. And it was also right at the point where Qantas was an all-time high share price and it's declined significantly since then as well. So it doesn't look really pretty in retrospect, does it? No, it doesn't because the net underlying profit was announced, which was nearly $2.5 billion. So there would have been a lot of retail investors really satisfied at that point in time. And then since then, and he did sell at a high, it's dropped about 20%, the shares. Okay, but it, it just doesn't look uh, very good to have that situation with the CEO running away and cashing in his chips at that point, does it? No, it doesn't look good. Mm. And 
And there's also public perception of the Qatar inquiry and a request for the previous CEO to speak at it and he didn't appear. So I think there's a few challenges there. Really what we need is we need to have a strong, capable board and CEO that can turn the business around and build that trust back into the brand and organization. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Super is one of the most important investments you'll ever make. But how do you know if you're in the best fund for your situation? Head to lifesherpa.com.au to find out more. Life Sherpa. Australia's most affordable online financial advice. So you, you referred to the capital position just a little while ago. I just want to talk about the wisdom of undertaking a buyback, which they're proposing a buyback, given the need for cash in coming years to renew the fleet, pay fines and compensation and pay the additional costs to get, regain reputation and improve customer experience. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the company is looking at buying back up to 200 million shares and the company has indicated this is to reward the loyal shareholders who contributed $1.4 billion to support the company through COVID. We just think that there's more investment required in the fleet really and we don't support a buyback at this stage. really need to make sure that Qantas is focused on the right things and that is around building the trust, making sure they've got a strong board and yeah, building that reputation going forward. Because generally, shareholders would support buybacks, but generally it's only when there's plenty of cash on the balance sheet and no upcoming costs. Yeah, but there's a lot of unknowns. There. Like, there's knowns, there's fines potentially coming their way. There's some that have been confirmed and some that ma- may come their way. And there's also that compensation as well to baggage handlers and cleaners. So a lot of cost coming Qantas's way and they've also got a project in place to make sure that customer service is increased. And again, there's a cost for that too. And then speaking about the cost of uh, regaining reputation, the association's voting against the reappointment of Todd Sampson, who's well known as a marketing guru. And it's about his involvement in decisions that affected the company's reputation so adversely, given his, well, his supposed expertise. Yeah, so so he comes to where he's been on the board for some time. So he has accountability for what's happened. The challenge often for retail shareholders is we don't know what happens behind closed doors and we don't know what conversations were happening. But ultimately, brand is a key issue. He's at the board with no accounting or legal background. So really, he's there for brand reputation and marketing. And that is the biggest challenge that Qantas is facing at the moment. So we can't support his re-election. I was really interested to see you being quoted in the newspaper this morning, and it's about the association being suspicious of Qantas having ex-public servants on the board. Why is that? Yeah, we just wonder whether it's required as far as a key board skill. I mean, public affairs and that skill set can sit in the management team. Why does it have to be a key board member? And it does seem like it's a replacement of that skill set on the board And I guess what's been public around the influence potentially of how Qantas has maybe gone about things, 
we just say that we don't think that's required at the board level. So it's probably more of a management skill as far as having strong relationships with the government. And is it about that? Is it about getting some sweetheart deals that might influence the government as well by having people who've already got contacts in executive government? That may potentially be, you know, how they've looked at it, but we just don't think that that's required at the board level. You know, we really need a strong board that's going to turn around the organisation and the relationships with government are important for a lot of organisations, but that often sit in the management level. Okay, so the big one is the remuneration report at an AGM. Why is the ASA voting against the remuneration report and why is this such an important issue? Well, I think a lot of people, whether you've got uh, shareholding of Qantas, wouldn't support the remuneration and what's being put forward. We found a lot of confusion around the clawbacks in the annual report. Now, the annual report was delayed about two weeks on when we thought it would have come out. And we have quite a lot of commentary, so it's quite detailed. I probably won't go into all of it around the short-term and the long-term incentives. But ultimately, remuneration that is around rewarding executives and given the situation that Qantas is in do they really need to have that level of reward and you know you've got a CEO that's taken a big paycheck and there's a lot of questions around processes and also court action that's happening so that's probably at a high level we just can't support it and it looks like there are other organisations out there as well that can't support the remuneration plan for this year. And one of the main parts of a remuneration report is the short-term incentives or the STIs and the LTIs. What's the association policy on those? Yeah, so we usually in general look to having a fixed income. So we, we focus on the CEO often. So we look at the fixed income that they get and then a short-term incentive. A short-term incentive is around, it's often split between cash and equities fairly equally. That can sometimes be, can change. And that's around getting their short-term incentive. So that would be the strategic plan. Whatever is in that strategic plan for one year, have they achieved it? There's often a scorecard that has a lot of detail sitting in it. So Qantas, as an example, has a focus on the customer And that has increased as a percentage over time. And then they have a long-term plan. The key thing that we look to is long-term hurdles that an executive, a CEO, should be rewarded over four years. And we do see with some companies a shorter term to that, but it should be able to be clawed back. So if there's misconduct or certain behaviours that get found out later, that level of remuneration should be able to be taken back. So it's really around financial performance, but you want to have the right cultural behaviours embedded into an organisation. And that comes from the top. That comes from the CEO and the board. What do you think the chances are of this remuneration report being voted down? I think it's extremely high that it will be voted down. There's a lot of disappointment as far as the performance of Qantas. I mean, you know, you look back a couple of months when there were announcements made about how well it had performed and then to find out a lot of extra information that's come to hand and fines and compensation and behaviours. And then you do go, well, remuneration, it doesn't seem right. So, you know, you can read the voting intention for the detail around you know, why we're saying what we're saying, but we are voting against most of the agenda for the Qantas AGM. And what happens if it gets voted down? 
Yeah, so when a remuneration report gets voted down, there'll be a strike. And so you need 25% of those voting that have to vote against it. And then that would be considered a strike, a first strike. And then the following year, if there's another vote down of the remuneration report, that's a second strike. And then what happens is the board needs to change. And so that's often a challenge for us when a company gets to a second strike because you're trying to get a balance of wanting to make sure there's enough corporate history in an organisation. And, you know, if there's a second strike, it's often for very good reasons and it's what retail shareholders think. But to clear out the entire board can be a challenge. So again, hopefully companies are listening and they're thinking about what's right and what's fair so that they don't get a strike. But there are companies that get a strike and when they get a strike, they really need to think deep and hard around what they need to change for the following year. We'll get back to the show right after this brief message. Why am I buying, holding or selling a share? If you can't answer that basic question, then you don't have a plan. The best investors are ruthless in executing their plans. I've been fortunate to meet many great investors on the podcast. Tony Kynaston is one of the best. He has a clear and systematic approach to investing that is honest, sensible and methodical. It's called QAV, quality at value. QAV now offer an excellent light plan for only $29 per month. You can follow their buy and sell recommendations and learn the ropes. And the first month is free using the promo code SFBLIGHT. Go to qavpodcast.com.au to sign up. That's qavpodcast.com.au using the promo code SFBLIGHT. Past performance is not a guarantee of future returns. Please read the QAV FSG and consult a financial professional before investing. I receive a small commission for services I recommend and I only recommend services I use myself. But what specifically happens if there's one remuneration report voted down? Do the existing remuneration rules apply or they're just thrown out altogether? They don't get paid? I mean, what's the, how does it work? Yeah, it goes back to what's already in place. So what's being put forward obviously can't happen. So what's already in place would need to be there. But yeah, you just they need to really... A lot of companies look to other organisations in the same industry. They look to how others are rewarded and they should be thinking not only financial performance but other things around satisfaction. And so customer satisfaction is core because if you keep your customers satisfied, then you're probably going to have a really good business. So what have been some of the highlights of feedback from some of the members? Just in general or around the AGM season so far? No, in general, in general. Yeah, so I think our members are quite excited about AGM season. And it's really nice when you get out there to see them. Actually, yesterday was the ASX AGM and we had this uh, lovely lady come into our office and she said, I was just at the ASX AGM. She'd walked up, you know, I think it's about a 15 minute walk to become a member. So that was actually a highlight for us and the team yesterday just to see how engaged people can get and how those that aren't yet members can see what our members are doing and making a difference and then think, I need to join that association. We do also have a lot of communication around Qantas and very aligned. Sometimes with retail shareholders, you can have different perspectives, which is normal in any group of people, but very aligned, I would say, Qantas with our throughout this whole process of what they thought should happen, that the chair should step down, how they feel about certain directors that are being put forward. But yeah, so I'd say this is the time of the year where our retail shareholders get really engaged and 
lots of AGMs, lots of AGMs to attend. And it's important to go out there and attend them and, and meet other retail shareholders. And it's a good chance, I'm sure. They're, they're looking forward to shaking their fists at the board, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but it's important to do that. It's really important to also recognise when boards and management make the right level of change. So, you know, you can't always get the stick out. Sometimes you need the carrot as well and you need to recognise where changes happen. There are examples where our people have spoken to boards and boards have listened and they've changed their remuneration report and they've changed things and they have listened. And I spoke at an AGM yesterday about why it's not a hybrid AGM. So there was a webcast and a physical But if you were online, you couldn't actually vote. And they said they would definitely think about it for next year and engage with us. So that's the type of conversation you want to have and you really want to have change happening. Is that really the case? ASX didn't have an hybrid Oh, that was a, no, that was a different. No, no, that wasn't ASX, sorry. Yeah, no, not ASX. It was the the Lotteries Corporation. It had a webcast. We have seen that in some instances and it's not what shareholders want and so we advocate for a hybrid AGM which is a face-to-face and an online where you can participate and ask questions and vote. Just a webcast that's so early 2000s isn't it we've got the technology to do the hybrid and that's really that's one of the big things the association has been asking for is all hybrid AGM since the basically everything was online during COVID. Yeah it does feel like we've gone backwards because technology Mm. is has changed so much and you know it's once a year so an organization should be able to run an event that is face-to-face and online at the same time there are challenges and there's challenges around questions but should be able to be managed Mm. are there any other agms that you're looking forward to in this season oh so so many but um i probably just keep it at these two for today mm-hmm. as i said before there's about 30 a week so i think there's going to be a lot of interest and there is you know sometimes we do find when we're talking about that hybrid that some companies may be going that webcast and face-to-face or face-to-face only to manage those that turn up and to manage activist investors potentially so you know, are there ways to make sure that an agenda and an AGM is, you know, followed in order and to engage appropriately with all investors? Okay, so there's two takeaways I want to address now. One is, of course, how to assign proxies to the association and also where to get the VIs. So tell us a bit. Oh, and the third, of course, is uh, join the association. It's a great association we all should be members of. <laughs> Absolutely. So as far as proxies... You can either go in for each AGM and give your vote to Australian Shareholders Association. You do need to select us as a proxy and you do need to write our entire name, Australian Shareholders Association, so no acronym to make sure that it does come to us. So that's when you get in the email, you get the report and your proxy form. Yes. So you can do it either, you can do it in writing or you can do it digitally online. So depending on your preference and how you engage and how you vote, that's how you would do it. You can also put a standing proxy in with uh, the share registry. So I've actually done that for a group of my shareholdings. I put that in and that meant that when I went to the Telstra AGM this week, I didn't need to change my vote because it already knew the Australian Shareholders Association was my proxy. So That's one way if you just don't want to think about it or sometimes you forget about an AGM, 
called a standing proxy and we've got information on our website and you can always contact the organization and we will help you with that. And then the other one is the voting intentions. You can find them on our website, Australian Shareholders Association, under upcoming AGMs. And actually, it's a really good way to just check what AGMs are coming up and put it in your diary because we have a long list that takes you through to December of AGMs that are coming up. You just click on the company. You can see where the AGM is happening. You can click on the voting intention. We also do AGM reports afterwards if you want to have a bit of detail of what happened. Yeah, the third one is, yeah, become a member because we are representing retail shareholders and most people have shares in some form or way or you may have an ETF, but you become part of a community and you really can learn from each other and that's important. We have a lot of member meetings we have virtual ways of engaging if you're just too busy to get to a physical member meeting. A lot of our members talk about that being one of the most valued parts of being a member is what you can learn from each other. And I've attended quite a lot of member meetings and you learn from the room. So there was one example where I went to a member meeting and everyone brought along their strategy or not brought it along, talked about it. And it was interesting to hear how everyone had a different approach. So you can learn from others. It's not about, you know, you can talk about what you're thinking about, but it's how you get educated is learning from each other and having those conversations. Fantastic. And like I said, I'll be putting the Qantas and the Endeavour voting intentions as a download as well on the blog post for this episode, which will be linked in the, the show notes. Rachel, it's always great to catch up. <laughs> yeah, it is. And thank you so much for the opportunity to have a chat. Rachel, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for listening to Shares for Beginners. You can find more at sharesforbeginners.com. If you enjoy listening, please take a moment to rate or review in your podcast player or tell a friend who might want to learn more about investing for their future. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.